Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. Uh, today, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Christian Focus Publications. I want to encourage you to visit christianfocus.com to see the latest releases in theology, biblical studies, and reference books. Get 15% off by using the code equipping at checkout. And today's guest is my friend, Josh Moody. Josh, welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast, brother. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on again. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. Can you uh, just catch us up on what's been happening in your life, marriage, ministry, and what are you Mm. working on ministry project-wise? Yeah, so uh, I've been preaching the Bible each Sunday. That's the main thing in terms of ministry. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've also got this book coming out, Everyday Holiness, uh, and I'm excited about that. I think it's an important one. We're going to chat about that, I know. Uh, My wife is uh, just coming back from England. She'll be flying back today, actually, as we're talking. She took a couple of our children over to England for a little um, opportunity for them to reconnect with family. And um, so we've got four kids. Uh, church here, we seem to have, uh, we were just chatting before we started recording, but we seem to have navigated all the stresses of COVID. Um, uh, God's been kind to us. And um, we've actually got our annual meeting coming up on Sunday, and I'll be preaching our annual vision sermon from Matthew 5, 13 to 16 on Sunday. Uh, so that's been good. God's in a life, which is the uh, Bible teaching ministry that takes my sermons and pumps them out around the world is, um, has grown significantly in the last uh, year or so. Um, and so that's been exciting to see. And, uh, but yeah, my increasingly, I, I've always believed this Dave, as you know, but it just gets reaffirmed in my mind. My job is to, teach the Bible um, and encourage people to believe in it. So they'll experience life in Jesus name. Mm. Wonderful brother. Praise the Lord for how he's using you and uh, thankful to hear that happy update. So very thankful. Can you uh, tell us about this book that that you have coming out everyday holiness, becoming who you were made to be, why you wrote it and how you hope it'll be received, please. Yeah, sure. So I wrote it because uh, and this will be really good for us to chat about, see whether you feel the same. I'd be interested whether your listeners feel the same. But it seems to me that in recent years, the Christian church has made a very strong emphasis on cultural engagement, and that's a, a good thing uh, in many ways. And uh, we do need to think through how to engage with the culture around us, how to win people for Jesus, how to do evangelism, how to do apologetics, how to do church planting, um, and all the rest. And uh, those who have known what I've done in ministry will realize I've done a fair amount of that in my life. I've been on the mission field in uh, uh, former uh, two republics, the former Soviet Union, 
Um, and we did a church plant on the East Coast, uh, church revitalization on the East Coast of America. And I uh, was in college ministry in, in England. These are pretty secular areas. So I know from firsthand experience how important it is to translate the truth of the Bible into contemporary terms, into the, the mother language of the people you're trying to reach, if you like. I get that. I think that's really important. And I continue to think it's important. But my observation is that while we've been beating that drum uh, loudly, um, there's another uh, drum that we need to beat too, uh, which is character. And I just think we need to have that conversation as Christians, as the church, as evangelical Christians, um, character and uh, what it means to be holy. If we look at our forebears uh, in the Christian church, they spent a lot of time talking about that. And it seems to me by observation, we spend very little time talking about that. I think it, because we think it's going to put people off or it's going to feel heavy or manipulative. Um, but uh, there is a great need for that, I think. You look at the scandals in the church that um, podcasts like Miles Hill podcasts and others, uh, conversations have had about it, that sort of thing, without getting down that rabbit trail as to who did what, when, and who was right and who was wrong. But the, the point is, there's just been a lot of that sort of thing. And I, I, I also think that, um, and I'm going to be saying this actually on Sunday a little bit, Jesus is very clear that um, his followers are to be different. So he says, uh, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt uh, loses its um, saltiness, uh, it's an interesting word there. It's, it's also um, probably a, a sort of play on words for stupidity too, but the point is it becomes useless. If you, if you compromise, you no longer have any impact. And so we have this dual call uh, to not compromise, um, but also not, not to hide. And I think, if you like, we've been very focused on being the light, not hiding. Um, but uh, if the salt loses its saltiness, it's no longer any good. So we've got to be different, and then we've got to be seen to be different. And I think we've been focusing a lot on how to be seen mm. and less on how to be different. And, but the mm. great core of Christian discipleship is distinctiveness um, from the culture around. Mm. Um, and we have our own set of principles and that we need to follow. So anyway, this book... Everyday Holus is intended to be a very practical, very accessible. Um, it's not long. It's not like one of my longer books. It's pretty pretty short. And uh, it's something you can use in Bible study groups or adult Sunday schools or maybe use as a basis for a sermon series or something. Um, personal reading and devotionals, devotional time in the morning. should be very accessible, but it's intended to get us thinking and talking about the biblical call to distinctiveness and difference um, and to holiness. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I share, I definitely share your concern. Um, very concerned that we're like, you're talking about, about how we're so focused on our performance, our service, our doing this and that. And even in, even in our approach generally just to spiritual discipline as a whole, just do this. And then you'll become something that whatever mm. it's like, well, <sighs> you know yeah. no like just no you know like i just i just like you're talking about and as i read in the book i'm just reminded john owen again and again and owen would have a big problem i mean if owen were alive today just think of the massive uh book that he would write you know on the current state of evangelicalism mm -hmm. you know from how we approach sin to how we approach, you know, putting our sin to death, who we are in Christ. Uh, I think that I think that there's a lot of things that, you know, to be thankful for in American evangelicalism. Of course, we could talk about that, but there's so much that I think that we have to rediscover. And I think 
probably one of the subjects definitely that we need to recover is what you're talking about. But I also think that tied to it is our union with Christ. Mm. I think that if we get that, I think that we can address a lot that will address a lot of the current malady of our, of our day, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, you mentioned Owen. Owen's, and it's funny when people always think about his mortification of sin, which of course is a very important theme in his writing about holiness, but, but really to understand Owen, and I bring this out in the book on holiness, you have to understand what the Bible teaches about holiness, which is the first issue. And you mentioned union with Christ. The first issue is we need to be in him. And he goes on and on quite rightly saying the biggest problem in the church historically is it's taught a, the wrong way of going about holiness. And he has in mind particularly uh, the Roman Catholic Church of his day, of course. But it's it's bigger than that. We, we tend to just adopt you know, disciplines or uh, rules um, without, first of all, realizing that holiness is something actually supernatural. It's a spiritual work. And that's where it begins uh, with yeah, with union with Christ, with being born again, uh, with having a new nature. And uh, if you begin, if you start there, um, but you have to start there for it to even be possible. Um, but you know, I suppose most of our hearers will have a personal relationship with Jesus. But it's and for for us, it's good to be reminded because what we're actually talking about is not something that is foreign to who we are as Christians. It's something that's expressing who we are, which is why the subtitle is "Become Who Who You Made to Be" or "Become Who You Are," because. Uh, as a Christian, holiness is actually becoming what God has made in us. It's not something different from that, something odd to who we are. It's now an expression of that new nature. So, yeah, I agree with you. That union with Christ is a big one. Yeah, that's really good. In what way does legalism attack a biblical understanding of holiness? Yeah, um, I think uh, it might be helpful to begin with the definition of legalism. Uh, legalism is not a, having a strong view on Christ-likeness. Often, if someone preaches about morality or being holy, um, in some circles anyway, immediately, well, that's legalistic. Aren't we saved by grace? Well, that's, no, that's not legalism. Uh, legalism is uh, really the attempt to um, gain acceptance um, with God uh, through your own moral efforts. That's legalism. That was the that was the, the sin of uh, the Pharisees, and so the gospel is a gospel of grace by faith. Uh, the tax collector was accepted by God, not the Pharisee, because the tax collector said, "Have mercy on me, O God, a sinner." Well, the Pharisee tried to justify himself. So, first of all, uh, a legalism would undercut the very beginnings of holiness because we've got to be saved by grace. It's His work; it's not our own moral efforts. That's the starting point. But then having been saved by grace, we do um, need to, and the Bible frequently calls us to this, uh, to walk in a way of godliness, Christ-likeness, and moral obedience to God. And that will take effort. Um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who is at work in you. So God is at work in us. It's his supernatural power, but we need to work that out with fear, fear and trembling, with you know, real effort. It's hard with effort. That's not legalistic. Uh, that's uh, biblical Christianity, discipleship. Uh, we we are called uh, to put the effort in, and, uh, and and you know there will be people out there probably who will say, "Oh, I've 
the last thing I need to hear right now. The Christian life is such a burden. I've got so many difficulties and troubles. But no, you see, the way to have peace and joy and uh, intimacy with God is actually to to please Him in how we live. And um, if we if we follow Him in Christ likeness, then His pleasure is on us. And uh, that's the path of freedom. That's what Paul talks about. It's not a burden, this, this kind of increasing Christ-likeness. It's a way to increasingly be free, mm. um, to walk in the Spirit. So I suppose, first of all, get the definition of legalism right, which is that it is attempting to be saved by our own moral effort. And well, that, that needs to be kicked into the long grass, you know, <laughs> needs to be got rid of, and regularly. But then hear the biblical call to Christ-likeness once you are a Christian, uh, which is in the power of his spirit, but does require our own effort. Now we can follow him. So Paul says, and I use this text quite a lot in the book, that since we've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. Well, you have been raised with Christ. Now we've got to set our hearts on things above. Um, put to death the deeds uh, of, of the body. That's obviously... A difficult thing to do. That's going to quite take hard work. But that's not legalistic. That's um, living as a child of your heavenly Father, mm. and uh, using uh, His uh, the power of His Spirit to please Him, and then experience His pleasure as you follow Him as as His child. Mm, it's really good. Yeah, we think that, like you're saying, we we can live however we want to, and then we we we're, we we functionally. We do what Dietrich Bonhoeffer did called, right? That's cheap grace. Mm-hmm. So, we have, so we have costly grace. I mean, that's why yeah. I think Owen would be appalled by the cheap grace of our of our day because yeah. you know he talks so much about killing sin, the in the remaining indwelling sin, the you know, we call that obviously we know mortification. And it's 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 not because it's it's because of who we are and you know, like you're saying, and who we belong to, we have union with Christ, that we can even do that. So I really appreciate appreciate you saying that, because I think that it needs to be said, and it needs to be said again and again, that that's not legalism. That actually, uh, like Calvin and, and so many others said, that repentance is actually the start and uh, defining the Christian life. And so that needs to be said, too, because you know, if you think that just because you're converted and then you can do whatever you want and somehow I whip out my card at the end of the day when I'm walking through the pearly gates of heaven, it's like, well, I mean, yes, you're saved by grace alone through faith alone and Christ alone. So nobody wants to say that, but that grace will, it'll lead to something. It'll demonstrate itself. And we see that, you know, in James and every single one of the epistles, like you're mentioning Colossians 3, uh, earlier, I think Colossians 3, 3, and later on in that chapter, we're told to put off the, the old man, put on the new man that was union mm-hmm. with Christ. Um, you see the whole in the Lord, uh, in Christ, um, in him language. I mean, you almost always see that followed by the imperative to do something uh, in light of who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Romans 8, if you've never read Romans 8, read, go, go and read Romans 8. If you think you can live however you want to, go read Romans six one and and just camp there for like a good bit until you come to the conclusion that no, no, you can't do. Can I live however I want to? And read Paul's answer. May it never ever be like it's it's yeah. 
it's like a really strong, I can't remember right. the exact word off the top of my head, but it's like pretty strong language in the original languages there. Uh, so, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And we are saved by grace. So a Christian who lives a life of, of, of deliberate sinfulness um, will still be in heaven. It's quite an amazing thought, isn't it? But um, they'll miss out on so much. Um, there are rewards uh, for faithfulness, and uh, God does uh, warn us that uh, we don't want to be disciplined by our Heavenly Father. Hmm. And so um, there's so much joy. Yeah, <laughs> Trust and obey, but there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. I mean, there's, there's no one more miserable, I think, yeah. in this world than a Christian who's deliberately sinning. Yeah, just at least a pagan can be happy in their sin at some level, but a Christian is not. They're miserable. Yeah. And uh, so uh, um, it's, yes, absolutely. um, The perseverance of the saints is an important doctrine. God perseveres with us, thankfully, (laughs) because we all, we all sin the side of glory. But we need to uh, repent if if we confess our sins. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, we have been forgiven. We're justified. Um, but we need to be restored to fellowship again, um, which is that secondary sense of forgiveness that I think John is talking about there. And then have his cleansing work in us to give us um, joy and peace uh, in the way we live. Um, and that is the way to have uh, the, the blessed happy life. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be suffering for those who are Christians. Of course, there can still be suffering, often is. Uh, But we know that even in the midst of difficulties and pain, we have his pleasure when we're walking in the spirit. And that is just such a wonderful thing. And it's winsome. I've heard the word winsome being used quite a lot on social media recently. Uh, Yes, winsome, but different. Uh, We are called to be different. And uh, that's really the heartbeat of this. There are practical helps that I give in the book uh, from Colossians about how to be holy every day holiness. It's very practical. But the real heartbeat of it is to say, uh, to have the conversation that is less about um, how can we be uh, like the culture around us in order to win it, Mm. and instead more about how can we be different, distinct, um, while still be different but be seen to be different. And it's of course Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17 that we're to be in the world but not of the world. And essentially what I'm saying is we've had a lot of conversation recently about how to be in the world, but not much about how not to be of the world. <laughs> so <laughs> we need to have that conversation too. Um yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think of it, I think of it this way. It's it, it's the New Testament places our emphasis on our growth. Um, and then out of our growth, fueling mm. our our service to Christ, mm. not, mm. not our, like you're saying, our service to Christ, feeling our growth. That's, that's the, actually the opposite. That would make the imperative, that makes the imperative more important than the indicative, you know, what Christ has done, mm. what Christ has done feels, you know, who and what we are and what we're to do instead. It's just what we do is feeling who we are. Mm. So we have it, mm. we have it backwards and contemporary evangelicalism and it's no wonder then that we have such like to your point why we're focusing uh so much on on witness and so on and so forth and not on yeah and the way to have an effective witness is to be different um which is uh lloyd jones talked about this a lot and when i first 
you know, when I was a younger preacher and I heard Lloyd-Jones talk about the importance of being distinctive and different, I, I, I tended to think he was being a slightly old-fashioned fundamentalist, you know what I mean? And uh, but, no, but no, he wasn't really at all. He, he was just making it, saying what Jesus says, which is you're the salt of the earth, but don't lose your saltiness. Don't lose your distinctiveness. Uh, there should be a different flavor to Christians. They should, when, when a non-Christian comes across us, uh, we should immediately seem different, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like a different flavor. And uh, so, that, you know, that's, of course, a challenge for all of us, but uh, one we need to lead into. I think a question to ask is when was the last time that somebody came up to you and even noticed that you were different? Mm. And if that's never happened, maybe maybe you need to ask the question, why hasn't that happened? Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe then, you know, pray about, pray about that and seek the Lord yeah. about why, why people aren't even seeing like JC Ryle and his holiness book. You said people should notice even a small sliver. This is Dave's paraphrase of that, but a small mm-hmm. sliver of God's work of grace in your life. Right. And if, and if there isn't any, then you, maybe you need to, to talk to your, especially talk to your pastor about that and uh, find out like what's, what's really happening. Um, maybe there's some, things that need to be corrected and you need some help and that's okay too. So. Yeah. Yes. I, I like, I like that a lot. Um, that when was the last time someone said, what's, what's different about you? What, what you seem to be uh, marching to the beat of a different drum, what's going on. I think that's, that's good. So easy. I, I just think it's so easy for us to come in balance as Christians. I can imagine that you know, if this theme really takes off that, in a few years time, we'll be needing to redress the balance the other way. And we'll have all sorts of Christians going around looking really weird, which was the problem about 20 years ago. <laughs> like, you know, you don't have to wear a black suit and I mean, you can if you like, but it's, you don't have to look like something out of the 1950s to be a faithful Christian. Um, yeah. And so, so balance is so important. I just think we've, we've, the balance has got a little skewed in this other direction recently. And I, I'm all for, um, uh, contemporary relevance and uh, and all that. I mean, my I, I suppose I can joke about this on the podcast. I certainly have in other public contexts. My wife is actually a rock drummer, so if someone hears my voice and thinks, "Oh, he must you know sit around listening to classical music all the time." Well, you know, maybe, but <laughs> you know, I it, I'm not saying like you've got to look like the 1950s or. Um, you know, be an intellectual and have gone to Cambridge or something. I'm just saying we need to think through the the moral and spiritual call of Christ to be distinct and pursue that. And uh, yeah, I hope this book will give us practical tools to do that as well as start a conversation about moving in that direction uh, rather than only in the direction of being seen and visible. Uh, to the world, which is, we shouldn't be that as well. We shouldn't hide either. Um, and I suppose the, the, the problem of the, of the extreme fundamentalistic movement before the last century was that they were essentially, they were hiding. Um, they, their light was under a, a bowl and they had their own little enclave. Well, we mustn't do that either. It's such a difficult thing, isn't it? The Christian life This constantly walking on a tightrope of um, maintaining a balance. Yeah. And, and the more you mature, the more you recognize that yeah. in, in Christ, that it's not a 
most things in the Christian life, I, I often tell people, it's not actually what you're saying is not an either or. It's actually probably most likely a both and. And if you yeah. actually understand, um, a lot of people, they understand, you know, maybe the basic uh, theological terms, but where we don't do, and maybe that's, maybe that's, you know, pastors, Bible teachers, authors, writers, where we, where we don't necessarily help maybe equip or people just don't get it um, is in the application realm. And, and this is where we're talking about, you know, in the application realm, like where, how do we take these truths and then take them home into our, into our hearts and actually put them into place into our, into our lives. And that, that's what I think is so dangerous. Um, when, when we only have one conversation and I'm not saying like your book or anything like that, I'm just saying like, broadly speaking, when we only have like one conversation, we get, can give the impression that the other aspect doesn't matter when it's probably more like both. And, and, and so then we have to come back around to your point and then correct that maybe 20 years or another generation. Whereas if we, if we just tell people it's actually both and not either, or, you know, and we, we sit there and we talk about, you know, the, the one aspect of it. And then we come back and we say, okay, this is the other, 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 other side of this too. Mm-hmm. And this fuels this. I, I think that, that, you know, will will produce uh, the Holy spirit obviously will produce through the word uh, healthier and more biblically minded and, and disciples who can go out and then, you know, they, we can't, they can't take us with them. They, you know, they can't take my microphone or they can't take me with them. They can't take you with them. Uh, we, we can hold them by the hand and say, hey, look, this is this is why you should care about this. But yeah. they're the ones that are going to go out into their workplaces and so on and so forth. And uh, they need they need help. You know, which is why. Yeah, I, I, I think it should be an encouragement to the Christian in the factory who the friends come up to them and treat them like they're different and you think the christian thinks what's wrong with me well the answer is nothing uh you are different and i i think that can be an encouragement too because it's so easy for christians to feel like they're sticking out from the world around them and then try to blend in and really we we shouldn't try to blend in we we are we are we are we're we're distinctive and we are going to stick out um but yeah i agree with you it's hard to it's hard to keep a balance on these things. And I suppose when we teach, teach on one thing, we just have to at least allude to the, the wider context. You can't teach on everything at once, but at least put it in the wider context. And so trying to do that here, say, look, there's been a conversation going in one direction, and that is important, uh, that uh, being seen and connecting with people around you, that's very important. But there's another side that Jesus talks about. Uh, he not only does he say, he doesn't just say, be the light of the world. He also says, be the salt of the earth. And we need to have that conversation too. And we haven't had much of that. So this is what this is about. So put it in that context. But I hope it will be, mm-hmm. I, I, I suppose, Dave, writing this book on wholeness, I was thinking, I don't want to burden people with unattainable goals. Um, and that's that's part of the challenge of this sort of thing. Yeah. I don't want it to be a burden. I want it to be, um, a conversation and a call to Christ-likeness uh, that gives people some practical ways to for us all to grow spiritually. Yeah, um, and also uh, there, there are some append uh, a couple of appendix uh, uh, appendices of the uh, book where I tackle uh, some of the things that people don't usually talk about, like mental health and wholeness. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I only wrote a few pages on it and so much more that could be said about that topic. But I think that's that that's often not brought into this conversation either. The ways people are feeling um, is obviously very important in our, our soul. And um, so we I address that a little bit. And it's one of the ways I'm trying to make sure it isn't a burden. There's, there's real depth and practicality and dealing with real life issues. Again, again everyday holiness. Um, it's meant to be something that is really going to connect with people. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. You, uh, you know, in the last few years, we've seen, um, especially Jordan Peterson, you know, rise up in the conversation. And I know you write about him and David Brooks. Um, what's wrong with their approach to character development? And maybe you want to elaborate even further on how Christians should think about this uh, mm. topic of Christian character development. Well, as far as I know, Jordan Peterson isn't a Christian. Uh, I I suppose that's between him and the Lord. I don't, but as far as I know, he isn't. Um, I've appreciated a lot of what he's written and said um, for a number of different reasons. Uh, first, because he's critiqued effectively some of the craziness of the woke thing. And to have some of that kind of intellectual caliber critiquing that is good. So I've appreciated that. And I've also appreciated that he is in essence called uh, bringing front and center um, character, um, clean up your own room, you know, do, do, uh, and, you know, stand up, be strong, that kind of thing, you know, like, and, um, and yeah, appealing to like young guys, like you can do it and you need to. And you've, you've, and I think um, that's very good. Uh, all of that. I think that the difference between, and basically, I think I've said this, Someone when I've written about him, basically Jordan Peterson is a is advocating a, a kind of neo stoicism really, and uh, stoicism, well, it's it's probably better than Epicureanism. <laughs> you have to pick, <laughs> you know, um, and that you, your life will probably be more ordered and more effective if you're stoic, which is sort of what Peterson is advocating. But stoicism isn't the answer either. Uh, what we really need is a new life. Mm. Uh, we need the spirit of God. And these are not, as I think he would say, sort of um, Jungian mystery, myth, myths, that, that archetypes that express a, a, a sort of abstract reality. Um, no, we're actually talking about a real spiritual power of God's. And that's what we need. Uh, the, the danger, of course, of stoicism is it does just lay up burdens on people. It doesn't give them the power to do what they've been told to do. Um, so, yeah, I think he's. I think his critique is better than his answer. Maybe put it like that. Uh, David that. Brooks. I like. I like. Um, I haven't read uh, the, the, his book. Um, what was his famous? Uh, one of his very famous New York Times bestsellers was it? Was it called "On Being on Character"? Was it called "On Character" or? Uh... I'm not sure off the top of my head. Yeah, I think something like that. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. But again, he's he's sort of advocating for neo neo stoicism, um, and very different kind of personalities. I mean, I don't know either myself, obviously, but they come across very different. Um, you know, David Brooks is a sophisticated New Yorker, and and Jordan Peterson is a kind of you know, well, he's sophisticated too, but he's Canadian and, uh, you know, a, a little blue collar, he comes across that way. So it's just it, it, very different kind of personalities. 
Um, but I and but I think basically they're scratching the same itch of contemporary culture, which is uh, we've tried Epicureanism, we've tried pleasure, we've tried, uh, we are trying radical socialism. There's a track record, and Jordan Peterson's strong on this. There's a track record of radical socialism not going too well for countries. And they're basically saying no individual character is what counts. And I think that's wonderful. And uh, there are definitely Christian elements to it, but it needs to go further. I, I guess that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Close, but no cigar. But we need the we need the transforming work of the spirit that can only happen by Christ. Mm. So yeah, I'd love to meet them and talk with them. I think they're both brilliant, but but there are some very important elements that. Uh, the gospel brings that they, as far as I know, don't have. Mm, that's really good. You say on page 119, the lie is that we give ourselves to Christ. We will become less truly ourselves, but the reverse is true. You say by giving up the false and fake self, we will gradually bit by bit become more like our more truly ourselves. So how does becoming who truly, who we truly are countercultural to the message of self promoted today? Yeah, I'm so I'm leaning on my work on Edwards there, and it's a very Edwards um, way of thinking, and uh, and it's reflecting uh, Jesus' teaching about uh, taking up our cross and denying ourselves. So the uh, it, it goes like this: so when we were created, ourselves were in allegiance to God as our Creator. Um, but when we rebelled against him, ourselves uh, were now attempting to be little gods, uh, to be the king. And that is the selfish self. That self needs to be killed. And when we become a Christian, we die to ourselves and enthrone Christ as Lord in principle. And uh, we receive his spirit. We're justified by faith. We're declared righteous. We're a new creation. All that is ours instantaneously. But we've now got to work it out. We've got to work out what God has worked in. And becoming holy is becoming that more and more that person that God has now recreated us to be. In that sense, it's becoming who you are. It's not So that's quite different, isn't it, from the sort of secular idea that you just got to look inside yourself and and follow your heart. No, um, if you're a non, this is a very difficult thing to say, maybe I can't say it this bluntly, but perhaps I should. If you're a non-Christian and you follow your heart, mm. well, really you're following the broad road to destruction, aren't you? From the Bible's point of view. Now we're not to follow our heart, we're to follow Jesus. Mm. But when we do, he gives us a new nature. And when we follow him, we become more and more who he's designed us to be. Mm. That's really good. So, you know, we, we've talked a, a lot about um, a lot of the matters related to holiness and, but just very practically, what does it look like? You know, what application steps can, can people take? And I know you, you write about this in the book as well, but what, what kind of, uh, how, how can they take this home and, you know, people apply that, that are listening mm-hmm. or watching this? Yeah, there's, as you say, there's quite a lot in the book about it. I probably can't summarize it all and just two, three sentences, but I'll, I'll give a taste because I don't want someone to feel like he's essentially saying, buy my book. I actually, the message is what counts. If I could give it away free, I would. I mean, really, we're giving away, um, some, a generous donor has 
we have three services on Sunday morning, so we're giving away 150 at each of the services. Um, so if I could give it free to everyone, I would, but you can't do that. But anyway, yeah, so I say first step, if you're listening to this, are you really a Christian? That's the first step. Come to, come to Christ. Maybe the reason why you find this whole conversation so annoying or so different and you're finding wholeness so difficult is because you haven't actually been born again. Mm. So that's the first thing. And by far the most important thing by far. So that'd be the first step. Uh, second step would be then uh, the life of the mind. And when I say mind, I don't mean uh, intellectual versus emotive. I mean the whole internal life. So Paul says, since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, set your minds on things above. In other words, the uh, after being converted to be holy, it, it begins with getting our minds, our hearts, our thinking, our feeling orientated around what's true and who he is. And so you, you need to um, look if you're if you're struggling with um, lustful thoughts, say, um, well, maybe the first thing to do is to think through what you're watching on Netflix. I mean, it's so practical, isn't it? But if you're filling your mind with junk, you can't be that surprised if you, you know, feel like a piece of garbage. So listen to listen to this podcast, <laughs> listen to good stuff, you know. Uh, and that doesn't mean you, you, you can only watch quote-unquote Christian movies, but, um, you know, maybe PG-13 is about as racy as you should get i don't know i don't want to make a rule out of it it's yeah but i mean you've got to think through what you're feeding your mind with feed your mind your heart with truth so that would be the next step and then and then there are two basically two other steps that the book walks through uh, one is the one we've talked about briefly about mortification so when there is a, a sin that has got its roots in us um, we've got to dig it out put it to death and then there's this process of um, putting on uh, the clothes of Christ. So really that's, um, you know, sometimes acting like Jesus can feel quite strange. Uh, it can. So for instance, there's someone that you know you're called to love, but you don't feel like loving them. Well, act in a loving way and speak in a loving way and the loving thoughts will follow in time. And that I think is what Paul means by putting on these clothes of Christ. It's, it's, yeah, we can we we can be too organic. We think, oh, I've got to feel that before I do it. No, <laughs> no, first do it, um, and then trust the feelings will follow. And that's all quite individualistic. I mean, Paul is actually uh, concerned about the life of the body, uh, the Christian church as a community, and we talk about that too. So anyway, that's some. There's a lot there, obviously, but those are some some tracks to run down at least. Yeah, that's really good. I, I especially like the the the. I think it was a second point or something. Um, mm. you, we got to treasure the word. It's it's mm. a delight. Mm. And that's really what we're talking about here. This this takes us past the, you know, we're legalistic or we're against the law or antinomian. No, this is, this is a delight. We mm. get, we, we have a, we have to, we get to, we're invited to enjoy God and to know God as he's revealed in the word. And, and the fact that if you come to Christ, you have a new nature, you get to enjoy God himself. He, he summons you to himself before mm -hmm. his throne. Uh, think about that in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they had to come before him with, you know, this all these customs and regulations and rules. And 
Now we're invited because of the once and for all sacrifice of Christ to the throne of grace. And now we can actually do everything that you said. Um, and, and filling your mind, I mean, that is that is such a good thing because, you know, what we do, medit- what we do spend our time filling our thoughts, you know, it's, it's a biblical teaching what I'm saying, but it's going to be a summarized statement, really. It, it, it is, the Proverbs have much to say about this. It, it, it'll, we become where our time, where we put our time and where we put our things in, into our minds, it seeps into our hearts. And what comes out of our hearts is a reflection of what we love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so we have to be really careful. That's why Proverbs says so much about Proverbs 4.23, you know, many other passages, why we have yeah. to guard our hearts so that as we fill our minds, we're filling it with God's word. And, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Like if you watch a PG 13 movie, like where's the priority, you know, it's the priority of your time in, in God's word and in studying it, you know what? I, I think that it, as it is, your priorities will change. So I'm mm-hmm. less concerned about like, like that the movie thing. I'm more concerned with prioritize helping people yeah. prioritize their. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with watching. I mean, watching a little bit of entertainment can be a good break. I mean, you can't. I mean, I was just reading Joel Beakey recently. I can't spend my whole life reading Joel Beakey. I mean, much as I love the man. Um, and enjoy it. But, you know, I occasionally to do something to give my mind a break, you know, and so read a bit of Tolkien or um, I watched quite a good movie the other day. I can't remember what it was, but it was just a good fun adventure movie. That's fine. But yeah, you can't fill yourself with, you know, like R rated stuff and expect to be Christ-like as a result. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Well, brother, where can people uh, go to find you on social media or otherwise? Yeah, so we've, uh, I, you know, in God's providence, I began this ministry called God Centered Life, and it's a um, ministry to take uh, the Bible and apply it to a life. And the goal is to get uh, Bible teaching and disciple the nations, really. Um, so you can hear me on different radio programs, and uh, we have a podcast. But you can find out all about that at the webpage, godcenteredlife.org. And um, so I'd love to have you a part of, uh, of the, and we send out a daily devotional. So I've wrote, written a devotional on actually on every um, part of the Bible. I wrote it over four years and it gets sent out each day. And um, so you might like to try that too and sign up for it if you like, it's free. But How that's all at godcenteredlife.org. Yeah, sorry, Dave. No worries. How people? How can people find you on social media? Oh, social media. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on. What am I? I'm on Twitter and um, Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is, I think it's at, at Doctor Josh Moody. I think that's it. At Doctor Josh Moody. Dr. Josh Moody. Josh Moody had already been taken, so we just spent, you know put my PhD in front of it. To... <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So, yeah. Well, brother, as we wrap up this conversation, as I always say at the end, you know, there's so much that we we can talk about, especially as we talk about a subject like this. I mean, um, so just as we wrap up, do you want to give us a few takeaways? Yeah, I um, let's have a conversation about being different rather than being the same as the world around us. And that's my hope for this book, Everyday Holiness. And I'm very grateful for Christian Focus for publishing it. And 
very grateful for you, Dave, to have me on to talk um, uh, about this thing that God's put on my heart. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you, brother, and always thankful to talk to you. You're always an encouragement to me, and so I'm I'm grateful for that. Oh well, you're, you're welcome. Well, guys, we've been we've been talking today with uh, my friend Josh Moody about his book, Everyday Holiness: Becoming Who You Were Made to Be. You will want to pick up this book. It's a good, helpful, practical book. It's grounded in scripture, in the church's teaching on the subject. And there are a lot of, we didn't even get into this. There's uh, an appendix on holy, holiness and how that relates to spiritual warfare. Uh, Dr. Moody mentioned, uh, it talks about uh, 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 mental health as well. And it's just a very helpful book. So I just want to thank you, brother, again, for, for your time and, and uh, for your encouragement. You're welcome. It's good to be with you. You too. Well, guys, uh, just in closing, I want to thank uh, Christian Focus for sponsoring today's episode of Equipping You in Grace. Uh, visit christianfocus.com to see the latest releases in theology, biblical studies, and reference books. Get 15% off by using the code equipping at checkout. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.